Welcome everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to a year of grace. It's Shannon, your something new podcaster. And oh my, how happy I am to be back with y'all today for episode 13. Now, many of you will remember that very recently I had an experience that led to my decision to share today with you all in answer to many of the questions I received from you about learning how to or feeling stronger in sharing your faith with others. In our text verses for this year, Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, we have focused quite heavily on verse 1. Let me read verse 1 of Psalm 67 now, just to refresh your memory in case your Bible isn't handy. Psalm 67, verse 1 says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. We've studied that part of Psalm 67 quite a bit. Today, however, we are going to delve into Psalm 67, verse 2. Verse 2 says this, that your ways are Father's ways, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation, the salvation that our Father offers to us, your salvation among all nations. So in total, Psalm 67, 1 and 2 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. You can see that verses one and two connect. They're forming a cohesive thought about us, our father's daughters, receiving his grace and his blessing his unmerited favor, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness. We receive the blessing of his face shining upon us that this will happen, that his ways may be known. You could could say to yourself, may become known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. When we study the Psalms, we have to remember that we're studying prayers. They're musical prayers. They're songs. They're lyrical. So you can see from that point of view that this song that truly is Psalm 67, 1 and 2 connects and forms a cohesive thought. What it means is that because our Father is gracious to us and blesses us and 
makes his face shine upon us, we then feel confident or courageous enough, emboldened to share about him, about his graciousness, about his blessings, about the fact that our Father's face shines upon us to whom? With whom are we sharing? Well, the psalmist tells us we are sharing among all nations. Now, in this context, in the Hebrew of the Old Testament, when we're talking about nations here, we're talking about heathen people of the land, people who don't know our Father God, heathen people of the land, descendants of Abraham, those of you who have been reading through the the Bible with us day by day by day for 2020 as part of our epic adventure together, you all know that we have studied a good bit about Abraham. The lineage of Abraham is, in fact, who is being discussed in the phrase, among all nations, from Psalm 67, verse 2. People that don't not yet know our Father. People that don't yet understand his ways. His ways, that your ways may be known. That his ways, that our Father's ways may be known, may become known. The Hebrew here in the Psalms talks about his ways, his his journey with us, his nature. It applies to the character of our Father. It can mean metaphorically a journey for sure. It can also mean activities, the activities, the ways. Our Father is blessing us. He is being gracious to us, showing us his unmerited favor, making his face shine upon us that we will then share what his character is like, what a journey with him is like with the heathens, those who don't yet know him, so that his salvation, his salvation will reach all. He is a God who saves. Yes, he loves, he cares for, he protects, he provides for, he instructs, he chastens. He is also a God who saves. 
in the very next psalm, a psalm of David, a prayer, a song, we see in Psalm 68, verse 20, these words. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. The Hebrew here is very powerful. Salvation means to save, to help, to deliver, in victory, from mighty difficulties. He is a God who offers salvation from the guilt and the punishment of sin. That being embodied in the crucifixion and the resurrection of our living Savior, Jesus Christ. He is a God who wants to save. Now, in talking to those in the nations today, we can think much more locally. We can think of our communities. We can think of our families. We can think of our colleagues, our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, those who have not yet come to Christ to receive the gift that is eternal salvation. How do we come to do that with confidence? As I shared in my stories very recently, I believe the opportunity to share about our Father is a blessing. It's a blessing from Him to let us help in fulfilling what is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. If you've not heard what the Great Commission means, when I come back, I'm going to be sharing about it from the book of Matthew. We will switch now from the Old Testament Psalms to the New Testament Gospel of Matthew. And we'll be in book 28 if you want to go ahead and flip there now. Soon as I come back, that's where we'll be. Y'all please stay with me. Hi, this is Meg, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by the Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Thank y'all so much for staying with me for that short break. Now, as we move to the New Testament, you will find Matthew, one of the four 
books of the gospel right at the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew has that wonderful distinction for many reasons. Most likely, it was placed at the beginning because there is evidence that Matthew, the former tax collector, originally wrote his gospel, his account, his narrative, his document in Hebrew, or quite possibly he could also have written one copy in Hebrew and another in Greek. There are a large number of direct quotations from the Old Testament used in Matthew's gospel. That would tend to indicate he was writing primarily, most importantly, to a Jewish audience. And his book greatly stresses those Old Testament passages which show that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the long-awaited King of Israel. Matthew's gospel is an incredible account, and chapter 28 concludes it. The Great Commission concludes chapter 28. Matthew's book is mostly chronological in nature. And when we read the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, we find Matthew's words and then the words of Jesus. Let me read this to you and please place it in context with what I have shared with you, certainly from Psalm 67, verse 2, our text verse for this year together. The Great Commission. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said these words, Jesus' words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. At this point, Christ has been crucified in a beautiful and incredible accounting we see of his death. We see of his burial. We find information about the guard at the tomb, Christ's tomb. We learn of the resurrection and we learn of the report of the guards. And now to end this accounting of Christ's life in Matthew's gospel, 
He reiterates again for his daughters, each and every one of us, my sweet sisters, his direction for us. He reminds us to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything that they have learned from him. And yet, most importantly, they are to obey everything that he has commanded of them. When we share our faith with another, we are honoring that great commission, that instruction, that decree. His words recorded to us in this precious book of Matthew. Now, think with me for a minute, if you will. Those of you especially who have asked for help in how to share your faith. Okay. I've shared with you many, many, many times in my blog, in Instagram, on my stories, that one thing that I am probably most known for is my approachability. My approachability. I am not a scary type girl. (laughs) I am very blonde, very pale skinned, very Southern, very soft spoken, very encouraging, a cheerleader of the faith. I am as approachable as you can get. Okay. That was tough for me for a long, long time. Not that I didn't want to be approachable. I wanted to be mysterious. (laughs) Okay. And for me, mysterious is like Cher. Beautiful, dark brunette hair. Beautiful, dark olive skin. Stunning eyes. A whole vibe of mysteriousness that this Texas girl will never, ever have. And yet, as I have walked with him year after year after year, I've learned that probably the second thing that I am most known for is being told over and over and over again how nice I am, how kind I am, how refreshing I am. My girl and I were just together in Tulsa, Oklahoma, USA, and the sweetest lady shared how refreshing she found my attitude. Okay, those are the two things, approachability and being nice, being encouraging, having a refreshing attitude. Okay, this in no way says that Cher is not nice. (laughs) or approachable in the sense that if people needed help, they wouldn't go to her. I am in no way disparaging Cher. She was my first uh, concert when I was not yet three to see uh, the Sunny and Cher show in Dallas, Texas. And I still have memories of it. No one else I would rather look like probably in the world, okay? But 
But when you look at the two of us, me lacking mysteriousness and having approachability means that sometimes strangers ask about my demeanor. Very, very recently, I had an experience that was very, very horrible. It was shocking. It was it was a mean-spirited encounter with someone that I deal with professionally. And I should probably not have been surprised by the encounter, but yet it still did surprise me. It hurt my feelings. It upset me. I, I understand what drives this type of behavior from this individual, but it still is not what I want us to have in our professional relationship. So when I come back from this break, I want to tell you what happened immediately following my sharing this encounter with the chief and us refocusing once again on how to handle that professional relationship for me. What happened immediately after that? I bet y'all can guess. Let's find out. I'll be right back. Hi, this is The Chief, and you are listening to A Year of Grace by The Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back. Remember when we concluded before the break, I told you about a really rough professional encounter that I had gone through just moments before I had the blessing and the joy to share my faith. What happened is this. I got off the phone with the chief. And as soon as I did, I walked into a local restaurant to order a takeout dinner for the two of us. And as I walked in, I was greeted by one of my sweet friends who works there. And she called in an associate of hers who works with her, who I don't really know. I think I've I've seen this person a handful of times, but I don't know that we've ever even spoken to one another. They both remarked, before I really could say anything other than give my friend a sweet hug, they both remarked about my attitude, my positive attitude. Sometimes the conversation will end there, but the young man who I don't know asked me how it is that I have that attitude. And my friend looked at me with hopeful expectation that perhaps I would share the gifting, the blessing, the cause of this attitude. I can assure you I have not always had it, nor have I always understood it, for what God intends it to be. I do now. He's shown me. He's given me these opportunities to hopefully point others towards the gift 
of his salvation. And so I said, my life, every single thing about my life has changed because of my relationship with our Father. Nothing about me has stayed the same in all the years that I've walked with him. I've become so much less like the old me and so much more like what I believe he wants from me. I started to cry, of course. My sweet friend started to cry. The young man looked at me like, I don't know if what she's saying is right or not. Like, that can't be it. Like, if that's what it takes to have that attitude, that's what I want. And he said, I can see that. I can see that. I've seen that in other people in my life that have a relationship with God. You must have a really strong relationship with God. And I said, I do. I do have a very strong relationship with God. It's the most important relationship that I have, that I ever will have. I would gladly lose everything and yet keep that relationship. The blessing that our Father gave me in having that opportunity to share my faith, to share about His graciousness, His blessing, how His face shines upon me is talked about by Paul in the book of Romans. We will stop at this point today after I share this verse with you, and we will begin at this verse next time, I want you to think for just a moment about your faith. What encouraged the growth of your faith? What led to the growth of your faith? Wasn't it the living testimony of someone in your life, wasn't it perhaps being in church, hearing God's word? Wasn't it an example in some form or fashion in your life? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 10, 17. He says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. And in some cases, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. In some cases, like mine, it comes from hearing. And knowing. In other cases, it's a process that can take much, much longer 
It is for those for whom I believe our Father has called us all to the great commission, the great commission of sharing our faith so that those who lack faith will come to have the gift of knowing his ways and having his salvation. Sweet y'all, my prayer from now until we gather together again is that everything we've studied today from the Psalms to the Gospel of Matthew to the writings of Paul, everything will become real and settled in each heart. I will continue this teaching next time and I will save the stories that I have for you until that day when we are gathered together once again. Until that day, however, and now, from me in Texas, God bless y'all. I love you dearly. And that's a wrap. Bye for now.